fans, welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club, bringing you some midweek purple sunshine. I'm your host, Kyle Alloy at YellowMK on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors. We also have our producer, Ray Cartwright. We've got the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, and our horse, Garrett Evans. Uh, Ray, I'm going to head to you first. You went to Railhead tonight. Did you enjoy your evening? Yeah, I did. It's been, uh, it was fun. I mean, it's always fun with the uh, coaches show, especially Keith is in town for the next couple of days. Excellent. But, um, it's been a weird, kind of a weird 24 hours here uh, around the program, around TC, around the campus. Um, I just want to take this time to send my condolences, my thoughts and my prayers to uh, Julie Johannesson's family. Uh, she was a freshman on the TCU rifle team and she passed away this Sunday, um, in her dorm room. Um, she was, uh, she was really good. I mean, part of the reason they won a conference title set three NCAA records this year for their team, set the small bore record, set uh, air rifle and aggregate scores. Uh, first girl to ever shoot 600s back to back. And it's just, it's a real tragic. It's it's just a tragic thing. It's I've I've been uh, just a mess these last twenty four hours. So I just want to send again my condolences to her family, uh, the TCU rifle team, Coach Monez, uh, Coach Hannah Black, and then the girls uh, get through this difficult time. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate you uh, talking about that. Um, obviously, a difficult time for her family, specifically her friends. Uh, the TCU community shared a lot about it on Twitter today. And um, yeah, it's obviously a sad moment. So, you know, there's not a great way for us to uh, really transition out of something yeah. like that, something so serious, uh, yeah. but we're going to do our best. Um, so we appreciate you talking about it and and the fact that obviously, Ray, you met her and you were friends with her and that was a big deal. So uh, we love you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she All was right. an amazing girl. All right. Uh, thanks, Right. All right. So this week, the Frogs host the Texas Longhorns in Fort Worth. We are pleased to welcome a friend of ours from the 40 Acres, Zach Sim. He's a staff writer covering UT baseball for Orange Bloods. Zach, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good, uh, good to be talking some baseball tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it's good to talk baseball and sometimes it, we don't want to talk baseball. <laughs> hey, what's it like when your team gets swept? Couldn't be my team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we just all make a gentleman's agreement this weekend to throw strikes? No balls right down really? the middle. Just, just have a home run derby or something. Dude, I would love nothing more. Than that. So let's talk about uh, what we're all talking about, right? The fact that uh, both teams I, I, I guess technically still in the running for the Big 12, but Texas is, a, is in a slightly better spot than TCU. Both have been skidding lately. Um, our listeners are well aware of you know the frog struggles in Morgantown, but uh, well, in Morgantown, UNC Wilmington, yeah. Texas Tech, all the, everything, everything all, all the midweek games. Uh, but, <laughs> but let's turn it around and uh, put Zach on the hot spot. So Texas was swept at home uh, by OU last weekend, and that was – I mean, honestly, for all of us, quite a surprise. What's the temperature like uh, right now in Austin? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I would say it's a little warm, right? You know, Texas started off conference with a bang sweep in Texas Tech, and then 
um, really led a series against Oklahoma State's, you know, just out from underneath their hands in the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, and then everyone was like, oh, you know, it's a one-off in the bullpen. They get through K-State just fine, although they kind of blew a lead in the middle game. And then the Baylor series happens and everyone's like, what the hell? We can't throw a strike to save our life. This is shades of last year's bullpen thinking, you know what? No worries. Oklahoma's coming in. They're the worst team in the big 12. <laughs> Little did we know <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bad weekend to be at the dish. I'll tell you what. So we what went wrong down there? Cause we, we had our struggles with OU too. And it was just extremely frustrating. Those games we lost when it's like, there's no way we should be losing these games. Did you have, I'm sure you had the same feeling this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, you know, Friday night, Lucas Gordon came out and shoved right. Nine, seven innings, nine strikeouts. He gave up one run. Anytime you give up one run over seven innings, you're, you're feeling pretty good. And the Texas bats just were cold. You know, it was just, they weren't hitting, they were hitting right at people. Um, and so they ended up losing two to one. And then Jeez. there was a lot of weather going on uh, in the Austin area. And so they decided to make the announcement. We're going to do a double header on Saturday which Coach, Pier- Coach Pierce told us before the game on Friday, or after the game, I should say, on Friday. He was like, I don't want to do a doubleheader. Weather's going to screw all this up. And sure enough, you know, we got to get through 18 innings, and the bullpen just, it was bad. Our uh, what? Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> well, to that, um, tonight at the coaches' show, more weather is expected, uh, at least on Friday, and they're talking about making it a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it gives Texas another day off, I guess, but yeah, Yeah. cool. (laughs) Well, then, but then both teams will be probably a little more susceptible on that Tuesday. They got to turn around and play Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas actually doesn't have a Tuesday. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. But yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, Texas has to travel to Kansas, though, so they'll be on a a short week anyways, so. Was there a downside specifically to playing a doubleheader, or he just didn't want to, you know, put two and one in case he needed, uh, like a relief pitcher for both games. Yeah, it was really about the pitching, right? Out of the bullpen. He wanted to try to bulk like a guy like Heston Toll and, and DJ Burke, and he couldn't. He had to throw out two of his starters that um, you know, the the one guy, Staley, he's been really good in the first inning, and then second inning, you you can see it coming from a mile away. He just struggles. Um and then so then he had to put in guys to just try to eat innings because they were so far down. And that set him up in a bad place for the third game. And it was just, they were playing catch up the entire time. What's the, um, what, what is Texas hanging their hat on this season? You know, like it's probably unlike the frogs where we feel like we can't count on hitting and pitching in the same game. It's one or the other. And hopefully they come out on top, but what's the backbone of the team? Obviously they're, they're leading the uh, big 12 and team ERA. So there's obviously some pitchers there, but they also have some great hitters. I don't know what you feel like this is the biggest strength of the team. Yeah, you know, the hitting started off a little slow of the year. Um, the defense started off really badly. Um, but up until this Oklahoma series, it was all about the pitching and the defense. It was they were keeping them in the game every time. And it was you just come up with a couple of good hits and, you know, you have the ball game. So uh, the, the hitting's come a long ways. It's cooled off a little bit during conference play. But, you know, if they hit the right or get the right pitching, they can smack it around. And they hit 10 doubles last night or on Tuesday night. Um, so. They're, they're a, a pretty well-rounded team. It's just not a great team. <laughs> that was against Texas Southern. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
You've got uh, Lucas Gordon, your ace on Friday nights. What do you think about the the rest of the starters? Are you guys moving folks around and, and trying stuff at this point? Or you, you guys feel like it's pretty set? Yeah, so Friday night set, it's going to be Lucas. Um, Saturday, <clears throat> I think it'll be interesting to see what Coach Pierce does. I have a feeling he's going to end up having to make a decision between Travis Daly to try and stick with him and see if he can get through that second inning or go with a guy like LBJ who's at times been unhittable. I mean, his his performance against LSU was out of this world. And then against Oklahoma, he went five innings and gave up one run and only a handful of hits. Um, so I think those are two, probably the two options on Saturday for that second game. And then Sunday, it's going to be Tanner Witt that'll start. So he's, he's going to be back. Uh, he'll be on a 25 pitch limit. So, you know, whether that's one inning, maybe two, uh, but they'll give him a start and then they'll go straight into a guy like Hurley or uh, DJ Burke to try it's, to bull hit. Okay. It sounds like you're going to really need strong starting pitching Friday and Saturday yeah. to uh, save the bullpen for Sunday. Yeah, we were talking, myself and Aaron Little, who's my colleague, we were talking earlier today, and it's all going to be about that first game with Lucas Gordon. He's going to have to set the tempo. He's going to have to go 6-7, try to save the save the pin for the next two days just to piece it together. I mean, at this point, realistically, it's going to be ride the hot hand. Who's going to who's going to chime in and, you know, eat some innings. Let's get back to Tanner Witt for a second. He's been out all year, huge uh, impact last year. Can you describe what his addition to the bullpen or at, at bullpen starter, whatever means to the team? And, and second, you know, if, if he's there, does that mean Texas is back? <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, he's, he's a really cool kid. I mean, you talk about a competitor, he's coming off of TJ he could have done what Connor Prelip from Alabama did last year, where he just throws bullpen, gets ready for the draft. He's, you know, he was considered a first round draft pick. Um, the scouts have been dying to see him. His in his limited bullpen sessions and run up, he's looked really, really good. But they've also kind of kept him sheltered. They've kept him, you know, just in a very steady state. No, no rush back. Hey, if you're not ready, you're not ready. No big deal. If you want to push it, push it. Um, but he he's been a really big mentor for a lot of these young pitchers that Texas has right now. And so he's, he's kind of that fiery, you know, heart and soul of the bullpen. Um, but having him back, I think is going to be a lot of excitement on the, on the Texas bench that day. Folks, any uh, questions about the the pitching we've been talking about? Uh, Lucas starting on Friday night, Tanner Witt's coming in possibly on Sunday to start maybe an inning or two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are... So if, if you were from a TCU standpoint, if you were going to game plan how to beat Texas, what would you say um, would be that strategy? Yeah, I mean, if you're TCU, you've got to roll out some left-handers. That's where Texas has kind of struggled throughout the season is if you've got a good lefty with good shape on his breaking ball, you're going you're to be able to keep the offense at bay, right? Cool, we uh, have like zero lefties. So. <laughs> no, good. good, that's good to hear. <laughs> um. But from a from an offensive standpoint, you know, going up against Gordon, it's all about his changeup, right? He uses the fastball to set up a changeup, so he pitches a little bit um, behind what normally we would see. Um, Texas is again prone to not throwing strikes. You know, they like to attack the bottom of the zone. Hurley is a sinker ball guy. LBJ is a sinker ball guy. Um, you know, Morehouse is cutter or a fastball cutter and slider, and so. If you can lay off the pitches outside and just, you know, kind of zero in on middle, middle or middle out, you're probably going to be pretty successful against Texas. 
feel like that's most college pitchers. Everyone's trying to work the bottom of the zone, work mm-hmm. down, work down. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave a ball up, man, a lot of these hitters can crush it no yeah. matter the velocity. When, when Texas pitching is good though, what I have seen is they work in out really, really good. Um, you know, they'll, they'll attack you on the outside and then come back with off speed on the inside and it just, you know, buckles the knees and you, you get a lot of swords. So that's yeah. when they're good though. When they're bad, they can't even hit the zone. You know, one of the things, Charlie Hurley, the USC transfer, he'll hit you with a no, not overpowering 92 five mile hour fastball. And if his breaking ball is good, cause he has both curve and slider, he's again, tacking that zone at the bottom. If he's bad, it's just way outside. There's, you can zero in on his fastball and hammer him. So. This feels really familiar. I don't know about you guys, but just, <laughs> no doubt. I'm just like, no doubt. we've got, you know, three uh, quote unquote starting pitchers. Two of them um, in the last few weeks have, have found their way outside of starting and they're, and they're back in the bullpen at this point. And when those guys have played their best, when they're on, they're pitching strikes, they're putting balls in play and letting the defense work. And when they're not, they're getting crushed and thrown in, you know, I mean, one of them has a curveball that if it's on, it's it's unhittable. If it's off, he can't throw a strike to save his life. Yeah, you know? it's it's a total mix. Like, you know, we do this podcast every week and, you know, we try to figure out this team. And it's like at this point, we just don't know. We just got to wait till the game is played and just see yeah, what happens. I, I was looking at like the breakdown of all the pitchers for TCU and I was going back about a week and I saw Lamar freshman. Klecker freshman or Sloan freshman, Klecker freshman, Rodriguez freshman, Albert freshman, Hoover. I was like, how many freshman starters do they have over there? That's ridiculous. Well, yeah, our two upperclassmen guys in the rotation, as MK said, they just haven't gotten the job done over the last month or so. And they're just trying to get their confidence back in the bullpen, I guess. So we're just trying to throw something against the wall and see what works. So can I speak about that real quick in talking with Kirk last night uh, after the game? So uh, this is talking about Ryan Vanderhei, and some of the umpires had mentioned to to the coaching staff that his delivery was kind of illegal. It was very borderline. So he midseason is having to adjust his delivery, and that's kind of led to some of the struggles and uh, not having complete feel for his off-speed stuff. And when his off-speed stuff is on, then uh, he's uh, rolling like he was last night against DBU. Like, that's the best he's looked since uh, probably the opening weekend. Ray, can you yeah. can you dive into that at all? Like, did you get any specifics on what is it, what exactly is illegal about or what was? No, Kirk didn't go into uh, detail about what was illegal about his delivery. He just said there was something, there was something about his delivery that some umps say that it's illegal. Some umps say, "Oh no, that's a good delivery," and so he's having to kind of change it and make tweaks to it during the season. Which uh, I mean, that's that's hard. You don't like have when time. You busted, it's like when you get busted for tinted windows. You're like, "Come on, man!" I, <laughs> yeah, I followed the. <laughs> Oh, the correct tender. Changing mechanics is never a good thing in the middle of the season. We ran into that last year. Texas did, and it was like it's it's just never going to be a good outcome because the pitcher is going to be consistently trying to fight it. He's going to be trying to be rolling out there, trying to get some rhythm, and yeah, it's never fun. We have we've got a pitcher Morehouse who apparently can't throw out of the stretch. So there's that. Like if you put huh. him in the windup, he's fine, but you put him in the stretch, he's it's like a whole other mechanism for him. <laughs> did he so? 
that's wild because it, obviously you've practiced that forever where you get to a routine, but you would think that even in high school, you're pitching out of the straight, you know, out of the windup. So that, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So get men on against him. <laughs> yeah. I mean that legit, like we've talked about it at length on the, on the podcast we do around the horns. We say, look, you, you can't bring him in if there's men on base because <laughs> like, it's all over at that point. Like you bring him in <laughs> if there's no one on base. Cause he, you know, he has good, he has electric stuff. It's, it's good, but yeah, stuff. So are you enjoying the Porter Brown experience? <clears throat> yeah. Porter Brown's a good guy. You know, he gets to play left field. Um, and I, I'm sure y'all know where and have heard of Occupy Left Field. It's the group of super fans out there. Mark Pena, mm-hmm. Jeff Cross and the gang. Um, he, you know, he's at first he, he had to get used to some of the traditions of playing left field at Texas and some of the craziness from them. But yeah, a super nice kid. You know, he we kind of joke with him. We're like, you know, if you don't play well, you don't have to go talk to media after the game and all that comes with that. So <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, really good kid. I've enjoyed him. Uh, you know, the USC transfer Garrett Gumet, he's behind the plate. He's been a really good kid to talk to. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of jealous that y'all's freshman phenom, uh, shortstop Anthony Silva has done so well, and our freshman is not done as well. So, talk about that. Who's your freshman shortstop? Yeah, what's his um, name? so it, Jalen Flores is the one that was really Flores. highly touted coming out of San Antonio Brandeis, and it was like he was number two to Silva being number one in the state. and Flores' defense is really good. He just hasn't adjusted to the college pitching quite yet. He's had a couple big spots, but not quite there. Yeah, Silva's been great. And that was kind of uh, what we thought would be Silva's trajectory this year. You know, the defense, his glove, there's no question about it. Is Could he handle D1 pitching? We and actually downplayed his his defense <laughs> completely. We said, don't worry about or his offense. Don't worry about him hitting. Yeah, yeah. Man, and he's been... Everything and more. They get cut off there. MK, are you all right? Yeah, cut out a little bit, but that's okay. I picked you up like a good teammate would. (laughs) (laughs) And then y'all have another freshman that's kind of at the top of y'all's hitting chart, right? Bowen is that? Is it Bowen? The yeah, Carson Bowen. Carson Bowen. Man, he had one of the most incredible home runs last night. He hit a grand slam, which is incredible in itself. But it was a pitch that was down and away that he kind of lunges at and somehow gets enough bat on it to hit it over the wall, poke it over the wall. I mean, just right over by the uh, right field foul pole. Just, it was incredible. Very Michael Young. Martin made that comparison. <laughs> Dude, he's spot on. What? Um, um, I mean, sorry, I was going to just say with Porter, yeah. uh, it's like we were huge fans of Porter when he was here. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see him put it together. I mean, he had flashes here he had inconsistent playing time and he'd go through hot and cold stretches. And it was just like, man, if he could just put it together for a consistent period of time, man, what a weapon he would be. It just didn't work out here. So it's good to see he's flourishing, even if it's, you know, with a conference rival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that Texas comes in before May because around here, he was always known as Mr. May. Well, I think he changed his major. He did change his major down there. Yeah. No so like that- science. Yeah, he was a neuroscience major, so he was so busy with schoolwork in the first part of the year. It was just, it. Re- I think it really affected his performance. It's tough when you're an academic institution like TCU. You know, you're yeah. really- right. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's important around here. <laughs> we focus on the on the student. Yeah. 
Athletes. We're champ- champions outside of the, in the champions in the classroom. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he said, you know, when we were talking to him in the fall, he said that uh, he was looking forward to some, you know, more consistent playing time. He saw the opportunity to start and he said, he, I guess he had battled some injuries while he was at TCU. That's true, too. He said he really hampered mm-hmm. him a lot. And he said he was just, it was really hard to get into a rhythm. But I think that was the biggest thing for him. And he hit the ground running. But um, I always joke with him whenever I talk to him post game. I say, you have more O2 counts than anyone I know. And he just, he's got such quick hands that he just continues to battle off and just rattle them away. So that's that Bill Moziello effect in him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, let's talk about the schedule a little bit. Um, Texas, it's only played 11 of their 43 games in a true away environment, um, which is, I guess second only to tech who is like two. <laughs> they know you can <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, and they've only won, I guess, one true away series, which was Baylor. And you talked about that. And even though you won two or Texas won two of the three games, it was still a frustrating series because of that walk-off win. Um, do you, are there concerns with kind of going on the road over the next two weekends? You know, you've got TCU, you've got Kansas after that. Is that something that you guys are talking about at all? You know, not really. Um, you know, Coach Pierce, I think, designed the schedule to be more home friendly this year, knowing that they were going to lose such an amount of experience in the guys that went to the draft. Um, you know, last year, Texas was on the road for nearly a month and a half, and it, it really kind of cratered the middle of their season going out to the Carolinas, and they really struggled to kind of get back on pace after that because it was right after the Tanner Witt injury that they did that. Um, you know, Texas went up to Stillwater, took game one, it was a close fought game too. And then, and like I said, they had the game in the ninth inning going in Sunday and then coughed it up. So I think the bigger concern is not necessarily being on the road, but just making sure the team's locked in all, you know, all nine innings, don't take your foot off the gas. And, and, you know, it felt like on that Sunday game when Texas had the early lead, it kind of felt like they kind of took their foot off the gas and said, Oh, we got the lead. Let's, let's get some outs. Let's get out of here. And that really kind of bit him in the butt. So Martin, uh, Garrett, y'all got questions. I don't have any questions, mainly because, you know, it's funny, man. You, you would ask me, gosh, a few weeks ago going into this game, I probably had all kinds of questions. But, you know, with, with everything we've kind of gone through here here recently, and then on the flip side of the coin, Texas is in a similar situation. I kind of just feel like I want to, like, put down my tarot cards or something to, to see what's going to happen this weekend because there's just there's just no telling, you know. I'm just hoping that you know, we don't get in, end up in a situation where we're putting a lot of pressure on our bats early and, and they're not getting in their head. And, and hopefully we can, we can, you know, we can perform well on, on, on Friday, but, but golly, man, there's just, it seems like this could be one of those weekends where it, it, any, anything could happen. I would not be surprised with one extreme or the other right. having Texas in Fort Worth this weekend. Yeah. How do you see the series going, Zach? Very generic, basic question, but. Yeah, so how I, things are going to go? I I predicted one and two. You know, TCU would win two out of three, right? I if I put together the the pitching struggles on the back end and playing on the road, and I I think you know just looking at the numbers, and I haven't seen a ton of y'all's games. I saw y'all up in Arlington to begin the season, where I came away walking from that series, going, "Holy shit!" You know, this is a college world series team. <laughs> hey, same. welcome <laughs> to the club. Let's go. <laughs> and it's the same. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's the same guys on the squad. It's just yeah, just I, so I was the, the, the whole series happened. 
yeah but, it's uh, just been so jekyll and hyde it's frustrating i mean I, i'm gonna i'm gonna let you finish your point zach but the it, just what jacob said it's the same team now i'm gonna knock on wood here but we haven't been you know hit by a bunch of injuries or like pitching yeah. issue like nothing it's the we've same gotten healthier guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway yeah yeah you know like i said i you know i always tend to give the the road team or the home team i should say more credence than anything and then um you know i, I feel like y'all have a lot of weapons at the plate and so it's going to be tough for texas to keep all those weapons off bat the the kind of sing the singular turning piece for me is the TCU ability to run. Y'all are, what, 91 of 102 in stolen bases? Yep. Texas pitching can't keep guys off the base pass. Or when they're on the base pass, they can't get them off, right? So if if TCU does what o- OU did this weekend, which is just run, it's going to be really ugly. And so that's that's kind of the turning piece for me. Maybe they should pitch out the stretch more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that is a big part of our game plan. It's just... I uh, just, I just can't shake this feeling of just depression when it comes to this team right now. So, you know, hopefully we do get two out of three and, you know, lock in our postseason spot and not have to worry about that. So, I mean, I think Texas is pretty much safely in, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the postseason real quick. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, Texas is probably safely in TCU is kind of playing for the postseason. We did have one Twitter question from slinging Sammy Baugh. Um, he asked if TCU makes the postseason, what are the odds of playing in the DBU regional? That's a very specific question, but yeah. I can kind of translate that to, <laughs> you know, last weekend or last week, I guess, Texas was, um, they, they were hosting according to D1, you know, rankings, right? They were, uh, they were hosting their own regional. Yeah. They've, they've bumped now to a two seed after the beating, getting swept, you know, in the Fayetteville region, obviously this stuff changes every week. But in one weekend, you can go from hosting to all of a sudden see a uh, TCU, on the other hand, uh, listed as a three seed in the in the Stanford regional, which I think we were, you know, I think we're kind of up in the air about like at this point, if you just took their resume right now, they are out. But they maybe they're seeing they're seeing them play their way into the into the the tournament. Um, at the end of the day, Zach, do you think that Texas is hosting? Do you think they're a a two seed, uh, you know, where do you think they're going to end up at the end of the year? You know, it's funny. We were doing our Twitter space, whatever the heck it's called last Thursday before the OU series. And everyone was just on cloud nine, right? We're first place in the big 12. We're in the number 14 seed overall projected host in Austin. And uh, everyone kept asking the question, do we think we're going to host a super regional? And I was like, guys, y'all, you do not understand. Like, <laughs> We're closer to not hosting at all than we are to hosting a super regional. And then of course, OU happens and everyone's like, the sky's falling. I'm like, well, yeah, it kind of is that, yeah. you know, the, the biggest, the <clears throat> issue with the getting swept by OU wasn't necessarily the fact that they're kind of third or, or what are they fourth place in the big 12. It's the fact that their RPI went from 14 to I think 36. Yeah. And, and if you're outside of the top, call it 22, it's almost it's nearly impossible to be a, right. a regional host. And so mm-hmm. the bigger issue that Texas has right now is they have TCU away, they have Kansas away and West Virginia at home. None of that's going to put together a resume RPI wise to probably get them within a hosting spot. So even if they, you know, win all three series, they'd have to do some serious damage in the Big 12 tournament to yeah. get back into contention, which I I just don't see it happening. So Man, yeah. that win over DPU last night 
only moved TCU up two spots in RPI. It's not that's not a lot. Yeah, DBU actually went up one spot. Yeah. Playing us. <laughs> that's surprising. Gee. Well, the, the bigger issue is that, you know, in, in general, the Big 12 is down this year. I just don't think it's a very good good year for Big 12 baseball. They lost not. so much talent. Um, it just seems know, like every is, week some, yeah. someone else is stubbing their toe. Um, you, you, you know, it, <laughs> it, yeah. we were kind of joking a few weeks ago that, well, like, gosh, we, we still have a chance at this thing because, you know, other teams have kind of cracked that door, you know, open, open a window for us to try and get something done. You know, then lo and behold, we kind of fall over and poop our pants, you know, in whatever, you know, series that's in reference to. But that's been everybody. It seems like this whole conference has found a yeah. way to kind of drop, drop the ball at any given moment this whole season. Yeah, we were we were talking about it on Sunday. Like, who feels good outside of, like, West Virginia right now? Maybe you know, K-State? Like, yeah. Even and they're, not even, Virginia, they're yeah. not even in the field right now. Even if you're West Virginia, who everyone's like, oh, they have the best chance to host – they, they have to play at Baylor. Baylor could easily steal one of those games. I mean, they're not good by any stretch of the means, but I don't think they have two Texas beaters. And then they have OU yeah. Tech in Texas. Like, yeah, they could fall apart. They could completely crater. And um, you look at Texas Tech, they had a chance to sweep Baylor and lost a home game to Baylor. I mean, that's that's terrible. talk about a perplexing <laughs> team, you know, just to go out of scope of <laughs> yeah. this pod. But yeah, Texas Tech, I mean, they're like, what are they ranked right now? Like, 17 or something 14, that range yeah. and they're like oh they're safely in the field and their rpi is like damn near 70 <laughs> yeah. it's like why are they so like what what is so great about tech that everybody's so high on every it makes no so sense the, to me the five of the you know nine teams in the big 12 have pro- projected to host and they stay there for about a week or two and then they fall out you know and they're like oh not only they're not hosting they're not in the field yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> musical chairs yeah yeah I, like I, said, I, you know, I think we agree with you though zach that this is a down year for the big 12 as a whole i mean you know when, when tcu is only a few games away from potentially you know finishing second you know it's like okay this conference sucks i think it i think it more <laughs> says about how good the conference has been more than how bad it is like we're still what like the third best conference right now instead of the second best fourth yeah. best yeah, okay, so Pac 12 is probably year, a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last few years we were the second best, and now we're third, fourth, somewhere in that range. So it's not like, you know, we're the sixth best conference or anything like the Big Ten's better or anything like that. It's still, you a also good don't conference. want to confuse. Yeah. So you don't want to confuse, you know, a, a lot of parity week to week with necessarily being a, a poor conference. I mean, the fact that we beat each other a lot doesn't necessarily make us weak. Uh, and it's just all just a lot of parody this year. That is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot of parody. You know, it, when we were doing the preview for the the season, we were looking around at who's coming back, what teams are going to be really loaded up in different positions. And it was there's a lot of youth. You know, TCU has kid like mm-hmm. Silva coming in. Texas has two freshmen starting every day. At times they've had three or four freshmen starting. No one had more than one starting pitcher returning. It was just it was gonna be the wild, wild west. And right. I think it honestly will continue to be a blood bath, blood bath until the very end of the season. So well, that makes me feel better about TCU in the sense that they've got a nice little twelve game home stand here, some home cooking to do them right. Get back on yeah, track I mean, if, these next couple of weeks. You look at what Texas did. I mean, they built a lot of their resume on a what seventeen game home stand, included that finished up with sweeping Tech. That's yeah, yeah, and 
a lot of momentum against playing really teams, teams like New Orleans <laughs> and Manhattan. Those are a lot of Put some respect numbers. on the Jaspers, yeah, but, all right? No. <laughs> yeah, but before OU, Ray, they had one of the best records against top 50 RPI teams or top 100 or something like they. they they had Did a lot they? of quad. They had a lot of quad three, quad four wins, but they had a lot of quad one, quad one wins too. I mean, how after? I mean, I didn't pay that much attention to Texas after the State Farm, but that's three quad one uh, losses right there. And well, then that they was lost their worst LSU. After that, yeah. it was it was a pretty good. You know, like I said, they didn't lose a series away. Um, yeah, they swept the- Tech. Which they're they, still in the top, they're still top 100. Did they beat AM? They beat AM. They took they two or three from Indiana. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, won a game against Cal State. So, I mean, they've, they've picked up wins here and there that have just kind of, in some way, I mean, Texas was at 14 in the nation as well. That's where Texas Tech slid in. It was like flip one out for the other. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm still, everyone else loses the round. You continue to rise, unfortunately. You're going to be, are you going to be in Fort Worth this weekend, Zach? Uh, trying to kind of depend on what the weather was going to do and all that, but yeah, the, the goal is to try and get up to Fort Worth to Lufton. Okay. Um, we, that's all from me, guys. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you have anything else. We're yeah, about a half hour right now. You, you probably got to change your your travel plans if you're going to stay for the whole <laughs> whole three games. Take a day <laughs> off of work on on Monday. Uh, but three games this weekend. Frogs host the Longhorns. This, uh, I mean, could easily determine whether. Like we said, Texas is hosting, or whether TCU gets into the tournament at all. Um, so, unless we get some final thoughts, I uh, just want to thank you, Zach, for joining us tonight and, and sharing your knowledge of of the Longhorns. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, and you know, looking forward to a good series. Like I said, if both both sides can just agree to throw strikes, I'll be a very happy camper. I'm not sure yeah, I can no live through many more, uh, you know, forty pitch innings where it's half of them are balls. <laughs> Yeah. Thank God we got that pitch clock. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate your time tonight. Appreciate thanks, Zach. It. Have a good one. Take care. Thank thanks, you. sir.